If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy Friday, Patreon friends. I hope that your Christmas was fulfilling and restful. Ours has been. You may hear how I sound, and I do not feel as bad as I sound, but sorry for the voice. Allergies in Texas are killing me this month. But with the full month of December, we were not able to sit down for our regular monthly unplugged live with the Ivies. But you guys, we wanted to give you a surprise instead. This is an early release of a new special edition happy hour that we're dropping on Fridays in 2020. Your last decade is what it's called, and it's looking back at where you were in 2010. How have things changed in the last decade, and what do you want to look forward to for the next decade? These conversations are with women and men. I know I'm stepping out of the box of my happy hour rules who share incredible perspectives as we look back on the last decade and look forward to the next decade. To kick things off, I brought in my husband and we talked about how our family went from four to six in the last decade. In January of 2010, our son Amos was still living in Haiti. And if you remember in January of 2010, the devastating earthquake hit Haiti. Because of that, our son was able to come home to be with our family. So in January of 2020, we will have been a family of six for 10 years. And it's the best thing that has ever happened to us. But I will say that transition from two kids to four kids in less than three months was a lot more than we had ever prepared for or understood how hard it was going to be. You're going to hear Aaron and I talk about this in an honest way in this special edition, Your Last Decade. Aaron, welcome to the special edition of the Happy Hour called Your Last Decade. Thanks for having me. It feels special to be on something called special edition. It is a special edition, Your Last Decade. We're doing it through the month of January. We might do it through the month of February. We don't know. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to do it all of 2020, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But right now, it's a special, just like maybe six episodes, where I invite people to sit down and tell me, we're entering a new decade. Like, it's 2020. And it feels so weird, doesn't it? It does. And I didn't um, recognize it until everyone started talking about it recently. And I'm like, yeah. oh, we are. It's been 10 years. Right. And we both are 42 in 2020. So 10 years ago, we were 31, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking people, what does life look like over the past decade? And what did life look like for you in 2010? And how has that changed over the past 10 years? And then even looking forward, when you think about another decade ahead, what do you what do you feel about that decade? So amazing. We're doing the first one. Don't you remember thinking about 2020 being so far away? Yes. I mean, all like sci-fi movies are about 2020 and we're gonna have flying cars and live on another planet. Like 2020 seemed so weird and so and far away. Are. And here we are. We're starting the 20s. Yeah. The roaring 20s. The roaring 20s. Yeah. And, you know, 2030 is crazy. Like to think that seems, I don't even know how to think about 2030. Right. But that seems crazy. So 2010, you and I were married. I was 31 years old. Yeah. In 2010. What did life look like for you in 2010? Well, 2010, we had just been in Austin for two years. So it was a very new place. It was a new 
career and life for me personally too because for so long I'd been in a touring band that was just traveling all the time you know we would be on the road 220 days a year something like that and so moved to a new city we'd been living here for two years I don't know that we felt settled but we were trying to figure out how to do life differently we were in the middle of adoption right and had just brought Amos home in 2010 it was like a lot of life change a lot of different kinds of ways of doing life. It seems like so long ago. I know it's hard to think about. One thing I do know about, even if you think about your career as well, when we moved to Austin in 2008, what brought us here was for you to lead worship at our church that we're still at, the Austin Stone Community Church. But the job that you have now in 2020 and the job that you had in 2010. It's very different. It's very, very different. Mm -hmm. And so can you explain the difference a little bit? Well, when I first came 2008, I was just part-time. And I was just one of the worship leaders. So I would lead worship with some of my guys that had moved here from Nashville. We would lead worship, you know, 20 Sundays or something like that a year. But I wasn't a pastor on staff. I wasn't an elder. And you still traveled like all those other And still traveled a lot. Had just released uh, my own personal album under my name. That was different from the band that we were in. And it wasn't Austin Stone Worship. You're, You're sitting at that piano and you have that scarf on. Yeah. And I had recorded that entire album by myself in 2009 in our yeah in that yeah. back little room in that that house we lived in yeah. north austin mm-hmm. had some friends play on it for free and helped out and those songs were pretty they were pretty special i mean they all came they were all story songs from adoption or from leaving something you knew and coming to something brand new you so, wrote one after hanging out with our friends the live says remember that i did yeah yep that's right in haiti mm-hmm. I'd, we, would, we had been on a couple trips when we were visiting our kids in haiti and wrote some, a lot of the songs actually were about Haiti. Yeah. They're about that time. Without there. saying it. Yeah. But that's, that's where it. we were knee deep in. Yeah. So, you know, 2010, I mean, I was not the worship pastor. There was no worship team, really. There was no team culture. It was just a couple people leading worship and stuff like that. And then I started to get the sense of, I really wanted to invest in people's lives. I wanted to help build up people to do what they're good at and what they're called to do. And so it was a very slow process of kind of moving into like being a pastor there. And gosh, 10 years ago, I mean, it was just so, so different. So different. I I feel like 10 years ago, I didn't have near the amount of responsibility. It's so true. That I have right now. Yeah. You know, I remember getting on the bus uh, outside of our house, remember, Uh on Indian Mound. Yeah. And I would just go into downtown and work on songs and... And then take the bus back and uh, everything was about just kind of creating things 10 years ago. Now, I still do create a lot of things, but most of what I do is like helping other people become the creator and help other people do what they're really good at. That's probably a big change in 10 years. I can give you an example of your time. In 2010, we moved into the house that we lived in previous to here in East Austin. And we lived in that house for five years. You redid both of those, the front house I mean, that we I lived put in, in all and the, the back house. I put you in the redid floors, the whole thing. I did all the painting. I, uh, you know, demoed it. Uh-huh. Which and we redid a lot in our new house right here, but you and I didn't do anything. There's no way we could. Yeah. So there was a lot more time in 2010 because I wasn't like a full-time pastor at a church. And so there was some freedom with that. There were some some good things with that, but I wouldn't trade it or go back to that. In 2010, if you can go back and even think then, I mean, you were leading worship at our church, traveling still in that January of 2010 is when we brought our final son home from Haiti. Could you have ever imagined then, 2010, what life would look like for you in 2020? I could imagine parts of it. 
because I knew I didn't want to just have that kind of life or that kind of, I didn't want to be that kind of creative person that only created for me. So I could imagine some of it. I remember setting a goal that in 10 years, I wanted to write, produce, release 10 albums in 10 years. That's a, that's a ginormous goal. It's ginormous. I mean, not all those were under my name. Not all those I was the only artist on. But in 10 years, I was like, I want to be a part of shaping 10 albums in 10 years. That was goal number one. Goal number two is I want to disciple slash mentor 10 people intentionally in 10 years. So I could see some of like where we're at right now. I couldn't see the whole picture. And then, you know, 2019, there's a lot of goals that um, I met in 2019. And two of those were like looking back and seeing both of those met. I was a part of writing, producing, releasing 10 albums in 10 years. And I went, actually went back and like started looking at names of who I had discipled over the last 10 years. And it was 10 people. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's always good to set goals like that that are bigger than just like, what do I want to accomplish in a year? Because you can't accomplish like a lot of major, major things yeah. in one year uh -huh. usually. But if you're setting a goal for what you want to do in 10 years, you can do that. And it can surprise you what kinds of things you can accomplish over a decade. We just started 2020. I mean, literally days ago. Have you thought about any big decade goals for the next decade? Yeah. Um, I haven't thought through like numbers like that, you know, but I know I want to write a lot more books. I know that I want to empower a lot more people for leadership. I want to replicate myself in 10 years where somebody could do exactly everything I'm doing and I could you know, work yourself out of a job. I want to work myself out of a job. I like that. Just go live on a beach somewhere. Can I come? You can come. I'll let you come. No, I don't actually want to live on a beach anywhere, but I do want to, you know, replicate myself in 10 years. And I think that's totally doable, achievable. Yeah. yeah. When I look back at 2010 for us personally, I don't know if you would say this. I've actually never asked you this. I look back and that uh, is, it probably might go down as the hardest year of my entire life. I think 2010 was the hardest year. Like I, I just got that little bubble in your throat. I could. I don't know why I'm crying. I could cry thinking about how hard that year was. Mm -hmm. um, we had lived in Austin for two and a half years, like you said. In January of 2010, our our son Amos finally came home, and we had been fighting for him to come home from Haiti for two and a half years. And so our daughter Story had come home three months earlier in 2009. And so on one hand, our family was finally complete. I mean, something that we had been working and dreaming and praying and begging God for for two and a half years. Our family was complete. On the other hand, we were now parents to four kids. Right. Two of them who had been through hard things. Yeah. And, you know. It I, was much harder than we thought it would be. It was a million times harder than no, we thought it was Nobody could be. have prepared us for that. Yeah. And there were times in that first year where both of us were like, did we do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, is this is this unfixable? Now? We didn't Will know, it ever be normal We again? didn't know what to do. And, and you know, when two parents who are, are naive and don't know what to do, and we look at our kids who, golly, like if you think about it, I remember in the past decade, one of the biggest things God ever taught me, and I've said this on the show before, is I remember I had a moment about five or six years ago when I looked at our kids and for the first time thought, this isn't easy for them either. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was always really concerned about how hard this was for me. Mm -hmm. But if you imagine like we're, we're- Just being uprooted from where you lived and everything that you know that is comfortable and then showing up at somebody else's house in a totally new culture and, and different And you've got food trauma and, and wounds yep. and all kinds of stuff. And yep. man, God has been so good to our family in the past 10 years. And we are in 
such a beautiful spot with our family yeah. and our kids. I mean, it is interesting that like in 10, 10 years is a long time. There's still things that aren't resolved and things that aren't fixed, but there's so many things that have oh, been. I mean, it's a different ball game yeah. in our house. Yep. But 2010, um, I had my first panic attack. I had I had anxiety. I probably have had anxiety in my life, but the first like the first kind of big. This is a thing. Yeah, and I remember you were with me. I went to the doctor's office and I said, I I I cannot. I can't live like this. And so I got on some antidepressants, and that was so helpful for me. But it was just a big adjusting year for us. We mm-hmm. moved into a new mm-hmm. home that we redid. I mean, so many things happened in 2010. Yeah. I think we also in 2010 started learning that we wanted our house to be used for other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, the house that we had was like not very big. Um, it didn't have like this amazing, you know, backyard that was perfect for hosting, but we turned it into that. Yeah. And we just worked really hard to open up our home to people. And so I remember like over 10 years, you can look back to that little green house on the east side of Austin and see, you know, somebody got engaged in our in our backyard um, we celebrated people. We had hard conversations around tables in the backyard with people that were going through suffering and experiencing loss. We recorded albums in that back house that we turned into a studio. That's where you started your podcast. That's where you, you know, like made your first demo for being a country music DJ. You know, all in that house, like around 2010 yeah. or so. Yeah, it was a major year for where we're at right now kind of aiming towards all that. I agree. When I look back on the past decade, that's a big value of our family is hosting and not like throwing amazing dinner parties, but inviting people into our home. And when I look back on the past decade, uh, even, I mean, this is only about your last decade, but we could go back even further to see that God has always shown us and taught us about how it doesn't matter how big your house is, how big your table is, if you have a game room, if you have a great backyard, like people still want to come over to your house. It's, that's exactly right. Because of you, because of how you make them feel. Yeah. And we learned that because yeah. we didn't have like all the nice things. I and mean, in our house on the east side, there was no game room. There was no formal dining room. There was nope. no formal living room. It literally was. It was one room. Yeah. With one. a kitchen, the living area and a table that sat oh. eight people. Yeah. And we would cram 15 people around that yeah. table with folding chairs. Yeah. And we just learned like that's what we want our home to be like. Yeah. You know. So our last decade has held that. I think Uh, for me personally, too, that was the start of figuring out like, so I have an amazing team that I get to lead here in in Austin that are, you know, writing songs that are sung all over the world and are making amazing art that's moving people and making amazing films that are being shown. And that's an amazing team. And I can look back 10 years ago, seeing the sparks of all that. And it just started with people, you know, that's when I met. Kyle, who now runs our studio and runs all of these albums that are released. And that's when Stephen Bush, you know, really started sinking into, I want to tell stories. And now he's a filmmaker that's telling stories that are moving people literally all over the world. It's like this team now that I love leading. It all started back in 2010. So it's been 10 years of seeing these people just like be unified, use their art and creativity for stuff that's mind blowing now, 10 years later. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm 
to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. I'm a big fan of looking back and that's what we're doing here in, in these special edition shows of your last decade. And so when, even when you're having that conversation, when you look back over 10 years, it's where we can say, oh God, you were doing such big things and we were just here for it. And then just doing life, it's just a decade. It. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when people, they want this instant community, this instant amazing team, this instant whatever, and you're going, we've been working on time. this for 10 years. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, people ask me, the most common question I get is when they're thinking about like this team, this this collective of artists in Austin that are just killing it. The most common question is, how do I do that? How do I be a part of that? How do I foster that? How do I build something like that? And my answer every time is, well, this took 10 years and it's going to take 10 more for what I'm dreaming about that I want to see happen in the city of Austin next. Yeah. It just takes time. Mm -hmm. When I look back over the past 10 years, a lot has happened for me. Career-wise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember thinking the other day, in 2010, we had just brought our son home. Like I said, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom and loved it. Like, it was, it's what I had always wanted to be. I'd always thought, I'll go back to teaching school after all our kids get in school, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. And never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined where I am right now in 2020. Right. Never. In 2014, I started this podcast. In 2014, I spoke at my first conference. 
six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so within the past decade, so much has changed. 2011 is when I went on the radio show. Just like, just looking back too for me and going, wow, God, you've done so much even in allowing me to have a voice to speak into all these women's lives in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I'm just kind of like holding on for like holding on because it feels so fast to me. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. But it's taking a long time. A long time. And I feel like a rookie in a sense of like, man, I'm still learning podcast stuff and I've been doing this for six years. Mm-hmm. Podcast has been around for a long time. It just feels so big to me. Yeah. But I'm still learning something every single year about how to make the show better, you know? Right. Right. Or even about people inviting me to come speak at their churches. Like I'm still going, how do I do this well? And how do I do this right? And I can't believe you asked me, really, you want me to come? That feels so crazy. And so it's been a crazy 10 years for me and as a career, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. A lot has changed. Yeah. You know, to think about like all that changes in a decade. I mean, 10 years from now, we won't have any kids at home. That makes me cry. We're just, it's just be me and you. I mean, we'll probably have people living with us because that's like, we've talked about this a lot. We want to have our home always full of people, but like, that's the kind of massive change that happens in 10 years. I mean, in 10 years, really, we could have a grandkid. Oh my gosh. We could, because Caden I mean, will be, be 25, 26. 26. We've, he'll be 26 in 10 years. Right. We had children at 23. 23. Now that's crazy. I wonder what he'll name You think you'll name him Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. But even when I think about the next decade, like I want to hear from you, like what kind of goals you have or what do you see in the next decade? For me, for the next decade, I think the biggest thing, like you just said, is launching our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that feels massive to yep. me. Yep. Um, in the next 10 years, we will send all of our kids off. Right. To do to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And that feels big. It feels like every decade as a parent is important, obviously, but you really only have two. Mm-hmm. And this one feels major. Yeah. It yep. feels super important. And um, I want to launch our kids well. I don't want to be overbearing which I could kind of want to be like, mm-hmm. please come home. Right. You know, yep. but I want them to be strong and courageous and bold and confident. And I want, if they want to go take a year off from high school, I want to say yes. If they want to be a photographer and we're like, there's no money in photography. I want to say yes. Right. You know, whatever it right. is, I yep. want to say yes. Yep. I think the two biggest things I learned in my last decade was number one, don't play it safe. Like take risks, you know, like, or you would say dream big. Just don't play it safe. And we didn't play it safe over the last 10 years. We did not play it safe for the past 10 years. I don't know that there was anything. And that's probably part of our personality is like, we just don't tend to do that, you know? But the the benefit of that is like, we we didn't have a boring 10 years, you know? Like you didn't play it safe. You took a risk and became a a radio DJ and started a podcast and stepped out there, wrote a book for the first time. You didn't play it safe at all. And I don't think I played it safe either. Just big risks of dreaming crazy things and trying new things creatively. Some worked, some didn't work, but I learned like, don't play it safe, like take big risks. And then the, I think the second thing, major thing I learned in my last decade was just trust God. Like I think both you and I learned a ton about just trusting him, trusting him with bringing home kids that come from hard places, trusting him with, even though you don't have money for a dream, like just trust him that he's put that dream inside you. His timing will work it out. He'll make it happen, you know, if he wants it to happen and he'll shape you along the way. Um, trust him with the future, like trust him with our kids and what's next for us. And so those are two big things for my last decade. It's like, don't play it safe and just trust. I echo those things. Mm-hmm. I say yes to both yeah. of those things. Like I can see that in the past 10 years as well. I think in the past 10 years, we're at the age where we see people starting to go through more suffering. 
um, you know, people dying unexpectedly. Um, right. I lost all my grandparents in the past decade. Even just we're at the point in our lives where people's marriages can mm-hmm. tend to get hard about right now. Yep. And so I think I've seen a lot of that in the past 10 years and had to kind of come face to face with a little bit of faith things as well as, okay, here's what I believe on paper, but here's what's actually happening in my life. And here's mm-hmm. how I feel in my heart. How do we put all these together and still believe that God, you're good and we can trust you and you're for us and you're not going to leave us. Yeah. I think we've seen that a lot in the last decade as well. Absolutely. And I think that'll, that'll shape like what the next 10 look like because we'll, we will lose more people. Like there will be more suffering that'll come. There'll be more loss that comes, but there's also more hopeful things that are going to happen more yeah. like how cool it'd be to see like a grandkid come in the picture one day, you know, it seems within so the next 10 years that'll imagine. happen. Yeah. Well, um, I think that this is going to be a fun series that we're doing because you'll get to see people who you think, Oh, they've always loved this or they've always been great at this, but actually what have you learned over the past 10 yeah, years? Yeah. What, what did it take to get them to that place? Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, there's a tendency for us as humans and sometimes even as Christ followers to say, you know, the past is in the past, let it go. Don't worry about the past, only look forward. And there's a lot of truth to that as well, obviously. But I think we learn and grow when we evaluate where we've been. Yeah. Definitely. And what, what God's done in our life, the failures we've had, the mistakes, the awesome things, the successes, and we move forward. I mean, even for us in this moment to sit here and go, wow, 10 years ago, parenting was really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Like the hardest. The hardest it has ever been. It has and might ever be. I hope. Was that year. I hope that that year was, we're done. Yeah. But then I look forward 10 years later, I'm like, man, God, you have always been faithful in parenting and you've always been faithful in our kids' lives. I mean- We don't talk about our kids that have been through hard places a lot, and we won't right now either because it's their story. But I can definitely look and say, God, you have done major things in people's lives in our home. Definitely. And that's cool to look back and see. Definitely. Okay, Aaron, thanks for joining me for the first edition of Your Last Decade. Thanks for having me. It's fun that we got to do The Last Decade together. I know. And I I always love being on your podcast. Thank Thank you. you. It's two times in like three weeks. So congratulations. I know. know. Welcome. Welcome. Um, In all seriousness, not to be sappy, but I'm glad I get to do these decades with you. And I hope we get a lot more. Nobody else I'd want to do it with. Thanks, babe. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this early release of the special edition, Your Last Decade from the Happy Hour. I wanted to tell you also that we are so grateful for your support each month with Patreon. Truly, we say it all the time to each other in our team meetings, how much we love that we started this Patreon party. You have been gracious to us. If we figured out launching this community, you've given us great feedback and we love it. And as we look forward to 2020, we've seen that we want to make this community more accessible to others. We also want to make a little shift in the content that we create for you guys. Starting on January 1st, we will have one VIP Patreon membership tier. To join Patreon, it will cost $6 a month. That's it. It's less than the cost of one large latte. I know this because I get large lattes often. That's going to give you the monthly after the show conversation, which that is a conversation with a guest from the previous month's happy hour. I have personally loved these so much because we get to follow up with questions that you guys might have had after listening to an episode. You're also going to get unplugged live with Aaron and I, which is a time for us to connect with you on our Patreon party. We do this live different times of the day, different times of the month, but we sit down and have conversations and you get to enter into that conversation with us and ask us questions. You're also going to get early access to event tickets like Happy Hour Live. In fact, our Happy Hour Live tickets went on sale to Patreon members back in December and they go live to everybody else 
on January 1st. We will continue to do that and offer that to you guys. You're also gonna get merch credit every month because we love sharing our products with you. Also on top of that, you're gonna get a special version of our weekly happy hour episodes. If you are currently a VIP member, nothing will change except for your monthly partnership amount. If you are a party guest, you will need to upgrade to our VIP level to continue to gain access to new content each month. If you've been a $1 guest in September, you're also going to need to upgrade to the VIP level as well. If you have any questions, you guys, we want to make this as seamless and easy as possible. Feel free to message us and Lindsay will be happy to help you. We are looking forward to 2020 with great excitement and we cannot wait to take you along with us. Happy New Year, friends. Be sure and listen to our show on January 1st. It's a great one with my friend Beth Moore. You don't want to miss it.